So throughout the past few weeks, we've been hearing from Matthew's Gospel, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the chief priests, the elders, and all these other head honchos within the, Judea, uh, the, the Jewish faith come into Jesus and they keep accusing him, they keep asking him trick questions, they're trying to back him into a corner, and we get something actually a little bit different this Sunday. Because they see all of these things going on and they figured, let's ask him a question and not try to test him, but give him a test, if you will. Give him an exam. Because this scholar who knows the law, similar to our modern day lawyer, who knows the law and the commandments inside and out, all hundreds, the, the hundreds of them in the Old Testament, they say, Jesus, teacher, rabbi, are you actually worthy of this? Are you fit? Do you have the knowledge to start teaching people about God? Which of the commandments, all hundreds of them, which one is the greatest one? They're just trying to figure out if Jesus knows what he's talking about, if he's just some random crazy man. And Jesus answered the question, and surprise, surprise, Jesus is right. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Everything that you are, everything you hope to be, love the Lord in that, wholeheartedly. And if Jesus would have stopped there, they probably would have walked away going, okay, we've got to think of something else to try to get him, because he got it right. But he does something that they weren't expecting, and he goes further. He says, that's the greatest commandment. And also, the second one goes like this, too. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That would have gone right over their heads. Because the Pharisees, one thing that they did understand and actually know is that love of God isn't just keeping this lubby-dubby mentality. It's not just keeping the sunshine and rainbows of living in the freedom of God and feeling His strength and His power and His grace and His joy and all these beautiful things. It's not just about the feeling of God's presence. It's not just doing the right stuff. They realize that love of God is actually keeping not just with the affection, but with the commandments. Love of God is upholding everything that he said to do and avoiding all the things he said not to do. And that's not because God is some dictator. He's not trying to control us like we're on a chessboard. He says, these are the commandments I'm giving to you because I want it to protect you from all of the things that will drag you away from me. That is what love of God actually is. See, the Pharisees knew that, so when Jesus answers the right question, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, they knew that it's also keeping the commandments. But then what is this love of neighbor thing? Well, you listen to the first reading, and the prophet is telling us what God said, do not harm your neighbor, or the word is the alien, the stranger, the person who's from a distant land, a different country, a different tribe, maybe a totally different religion. Don't harm them. Don't attack them. Because when they call out to me, I'm going to hear them and I'm going to come after you. These are my people as well. Love your neighbor, basically what he's saying from day one in the Old Testament. And so Jesus is teaching this. Yes, the first commandment is the greatest. This first and primary commandment. Love the Lord your God with everything that you are. That's the great Shema in Judaism. The Jews know that backwards and forwards. That's why it's no shock that Jesus knows it. But he goes on to say, also, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, what does that mean? It's not just be nice to them, be kind to them, give them some clothes or some food or some something when they ask you for it. I hope that we would love ourselves enough to give, us what, to give ourselves what we need, Okay, so if I'm going to give myself what I need, then I'm going to give my neighbor what they need as well. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But what about the other side of it, the hard part of love, the tough love, if you will? 
If I love myself enough to challenge myself to do better, to be better, to live in a better way, why would I not want that for my fellow man, my brother, my sister in Christ? Why would I not want to challenge them? Hey, that thing that you're doing, that's not good. Stop it. I do that to myself constantly. Why are you the way that you are? Why do you do these things? We have to call these things out of ourselves because if we're not honest with, our, uh, with ourselves enough to actually call it out of ourselves, point it out, and then make the decision to be better, we're just going to spiral and spiral in this cycle of sin. That is not love. But what that also means is that calling somebody out on their sin is not hateful. It's not intolerant. The world and the culture will tell us that, and that's nonsense. When you do it in actual charity, in actual love and not, hey, you're going to go to hell if you keep doing that, and then laugh about it. But to say, hey, I love you as a brother, as a sister in Christ, and I know that the Lord loves you infinitely more, and this is what he says, and I want to challenge you to do this. And I hope that you would do the same for me. That's what love is, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, giving yourself what you need and what calls you to virtue and holiness. Because true love finds its fulfillment in suffering. True love finds its fulfillment in sacrifice. That is what Jesus teaches us on the cross. As he lays there, he's nailed to the cross, naked and bleeding out, suffering for our sake. It wasn't because he had to, but because he chose to. I love what the Stations of the Cross, when the Station says, Jesus takes his cross. Not the soldiers threw the cross at Jesus. Not they slapped him and said, pick it up. They probably did. But Jesus took his cross. Jesus embraced it, knowing that it would lead to suffering, knowing that it would hurt, but he did it out of love. He chose to do that because he chose to do the Father's will. He kept the commandments. And you can practice these things in small, silly, mundane, everyday occasions. I told the story last Mass of a little four-year-old at one of my previous assignments who came up after Mass and said, Father, I'm having my birthday party later this week. Can you come? I'm like, okay, let me check the schedule. By some miracle, I didn't have something at that point. I said, I'll be there. It was on a Sunday after the midday Mass. And then a couple days later, she goes away all happy. A couple days later, I get to the office, and there's an invitation in the mail. So I go to my office, I open it, and immediately regretted my entire decision to tell her yes. Because glitter went everywhere from this stupid invitation. And I hate that because, number one, glitter is straight from Satan. And number two, it was hot pink, and it smelled like flowers, and it said, you're invited to a pretty pink princess party. I'm like, Jesus, why? But I made a commitment. That's a silly, everyday occasion. But I made a commitment and I showed up. I was miserable for two solid hours until I got the birthday cake. But it made her day. It was beautiful. I suffered through it. It's not real suffering. But when we say we're going to do something, finish what you started. Commit to it. Don't step back and say, this is too hard. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. People are looking at me funny. Finish what you started and actually keep the commandments. That means commit yourself to something. Do it wholeheartedly. Loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, and strength. Every ounce of who you are. Finish what you have started. Commit yourself to it and don't back down. That is what actual, authentic love looks like. And in that love, brothers and sisters, is how we find who we are. 
That's when we truly understand our identity in right relationship with God. We don't get to just make up our own identity. This is who I am because I feel like it. No. Sin tells us that. But the Lord says, I love you, and I didn't make a mistake when I created you this particular way. Don't tell yourself something else. I love you. Receive that love and see who you are, and then love yourself. And then, okay, now that you love yourself, now love your neighbor in that same way. We cannot come to know ourselves unless we finish what we started, and that only happens at our death. But committing ourselves to reading the scriptures, living a good sacramental life, drawing near to the Lord in every aspect of what that means as a disciple, as a Christian, as a Catholic. We have everything that we need set before us in many different ways, literally the altar, literally the Eucharist himself, but we have everything necessary to love the Lord in every aspect of what that word means, fully, wholeheartedly, unashamedly, to know who I am and to have the freedom to simply receive the love of God, to love him in return, and to continue to draw near to his most sacred heart. That is what it means to love the Lord and to love our neighbor. We don't just get to say, I love God, and then not live our lives accordingly. We don't just get to say, I've done all the things I'm supposed to do, and I've avoided the things I'm not supposed to do, so that makes me holy. That makes me a good person. No, that makes you a Pharisee. Congrats, it's a first step in the right direction. But the love has to transform us. The love has to reveal the truth to us. And not a single person in this church tonight is alone in that journey. The church exists for you, and you have a place here. We exist for you. Do not suffer alone. Don't feel that you have been abandoned or overlooked by the Lord. Don't feel that the church ostracizes you. You are not alone. In that truth and in that freedom and in that love of the Lord, that's where you find yourself and that's where you find him. Waiting for you with arms wide open, open wide to receive you, to embrace you, and to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I know that you love me with every ounce of your being because I know that you love yourself because I've revealed to you, you've allowed me to reveal to you who you are, and because you love yourself, you love your neighbor. Love has to be at the base of everything that we do as the church. May we always draw near to the Lord, not being afraid to ask the hard questions, to pray when it's difficult, to love when it hurts, because brothers and sisters, that's where we find ourselves, that's where we find true love, to love the Lord our God with all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength, with every fiber of who we are. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly support of $10, $25, or more reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at www.ctklsu.org.